Here's what we've done. I intervened to settle a very long labor dispute at Savage Arms in Westfield, and we saved 800 jobs there. I convinced Owens, Illinois, to come into Massachusetts and bring 1,400 jobs with it. At General Dynamics in Quincy, at Western Electric, and Raytheon, and Honeywell, and many more, I've used personal diplomacy to get and to hold jobs. We've committed funds to retrain the victims of base closings. We've approved a sound plan for Park Plaza in Boston. And now we're using state money to trigger hundreds of millions of dollars in housing to produce jobs in a real disaster area, the construction industry. The governor can help in the fight against inflation, and here's how. First, speak out loud and clear against national policies that hurt us in the pocketbook, like the Russian wheat deal and the oil import quota. I did that. Second, go to Washington and fight for our fair share of gas at prices we can afford. I did that. I battled the utility commission over electric bills. I signed rent control. I've opened up more low-interest loans to help kids get through college. Most important, though, I've held the line on state taxes. Not a single new state tax or tax increase in three years. I've held the line against new state taxes for the last three years. Not a single new state tax or tax increase. Yet we've expanded services, and we've tripled aid to cities and towns. How? tight management and being able to say no. I vetoed $100 million in special projects passed by the legislature. I froze a 1,000 jobs passed by the legislature over my objection just this year, and that saves another $11 million. And I'll hold down taxes again next year. Since I became governor, we've tripled aid to cities and towns. And that aid has helped keep property taxes from soaring right out of sight. Bad as they are now, they'd be much worse without us. In Boston, for instance, which was able to hold the line, the rate would have increased by $11 this year alone. In Worcester, $5. In New Bedford, $6. If it weren't for this new state aid. I pledged not to continue highway construction inside Route 128 and to use that money instead for mass transportation. Well, we did it. We got $670 million from Washington by busting the Highway Trust Fund. We renovated stations, lowered fares and off hours, picked up half the city and town mass transit deficits, and got a constitutional amendment on the ballot to use our own gas tax dollars for transit. Most of the new subway cars and trolley cars and buses we've ordered aren't here yet, but they start rolling off of the assembly lines this spring. All over the state, outside of Boston, new highways are needed, and we're building them. In fact, we're building them at a much faster pace than before I was governor. We're spending $200 million this year alone. Route 123, Interstate 90, the New Bedford Connector, the Lowell Connector, Route 25, Interstate 95, north of 128. These are the right roads in the right places, part of a balanced transportation plan. We've won passage of a tough new law raising criminal fines 
it'll turn up four million dollars to train more and better police officers and it won't cost the taxpayers one single penny we're fighting for ways to help citizens cut the cost of crime prevention ideas like subsidizing alarm systems for merchants and a neighborhood security program and to protect the lives of police and the public I've led the fight for gun control to get the small pistol out of the hands of the criminals I've been to the prisons at Norfolk, Concord, Framingham and Walpole people in confinement day after day no job training, no education, no rehabilitation let me tell you if they didn't go in as hardened criminals they came out that way so when we tackled prison reform we were really trying to stop that vicious criminal cycle that's what the furlough program and work release are all about and I'll tell you why I think it'll work I also replaced the old juvenile prisons with new rehabilitation programs and that is already working the number of juveniles returning to crime has dropped from 83% down to 25%. And these are not our figures. They're from the Harvard Law Center for Criminal Justice. Welfare costs money. Too much money to allow any waste. That's why I recruited the best welfare commissioner in the country, instituted the flat grant, established the fraud squad, and computerized caseloads and vendor payments. We've taken a system run out of shoeboxes from hundreds of cities and towns and really begun to manage it. But in these times of terrible inflation, I won't welch on our commitment to our elderly, to our disabled, and our children in need. And we haven't done that, although some states have. We've tripled educational aid to cities and towns. And because inflation threatens the ability of many parents to put their kids through college, we've kept state college tuitions low, and we've increased scholarships and low-interest loans. We've built a new University of Massachusetts in Boston, four new colleges, a new medical school, in all 30,000 new openings for students. And to keep schools in touch with real student needs, we've put students on all the state college boards of trustees We've got mandatory unit pricing in our supermarkets. We've got a law requiring all appliances to show how much energy they use. We've got no-fault auto insurance and the safeguarding of consumer credit files. But I've done more than enact laws to protect the consumer. I created a powerful independent consumers council in the Department of Consumer Affairs. And this council works full-time to enforce those laws. If people don't get what they pay for, I want to hear about it. This is Lieutenant Governor Don Dwight. We've changed the face of state government. We took hold of a chaotic government and began to manage it. We took 352 boards and agencies, all trying to report directly to the governor, and reorganized them into a modern, effective cabinet system. Over the past six years, We've improved and expanded services. We've tripled aid to cities and towns. We've rolled back $46 million in corporate taxes to stimulate the economy. And yet, we have not raised a single state tax for three years. If that's not good management, I don't know what is. Before I became governor, 
The state took people with special needs and put them in institutions, apart from everyone else, elderly in nursing homes, retarded in state schools, problem kids in county training schools, everybody in one sort of institution or another. We've found a better way. Home care for the elderly, community residence for the retarded, foster and group homes for youth, a wide range of new and human community-based programs. And we've opened up local community schools to help handicapped children and children with special learning disabilities. I created an aggressive program to combat lead paint poisoning among our young people, an invisible disease that used to cripple thousands of children. I expanded Medicaid for the elderly, the disabled, and children in need. I moved swiftly to prevent shellfish affected by red tide from harming unaware citizens. And I saw to it that pharmacies allow consumers to get the best prices for needed medication. And they must now publish price lists. I'm afraid I've made some hospitals, nursing homes, and other health providers very sore because I've used my powers to control rising health costs and regulate health insurance. But that is a governor's job. This is the only state to take children's services seriously enough to organize them under a new office for children with its own budget. We've closed down inhuman correctional institutions for children, and we've come up with some human alternatives. And we've got hard statistics now that prove these new ideas are working. We've tested 30,000 children for lead poisoning. We've treated 600, and we've prosecuted over 100 landlords who let it happen. And we're giving working parents a big state tax deduction to help them pay for decent child care. I've appointed more women to government posts than any governor in the state's history. And these are top-level jobs. The chairman of the Civil Service Commission, the first cabinet secretary of Manpower Affairs, the commissioner of banks, two new commissioners of the Department of Public Utilities, a Massport Authority member, all women, all appointed by this governor, but not just because they are women, because they are qualified and they care about honest government, about getting people jobs, and about fighting high prices. This is Lieutenant Governor Don Dwight. This country is in a national recession. Tight federal money discourages business from expanding, but we're turning that around in Massachusetts. We've moved from 13th to 7th in this nation in attracting new foreign investment. We have a good sound Park Plaza project off the ground to revitalize downtown Boston. We've reduced taxes by $46 million to stimulate business. And now we've got a major job development program to trigger $240 million in private investment. That creates 20,000 new jobs. We've created 16 nonprofit home care corporations. And these home care corporations are bringing elder citizens the services they need right in their own homes. And what a difference that makes in the lives they lead. We've also added state aid to the Supplemental Security Income Bill for the elderly to keep the rising cost of living from cutting into the benefits the elderly are entitled to. And I've created the first cabinet office of elder affairs in the country. 
to make sure that the needs of the elderly are always heard in our government. I've been an environmentalist all of my life, and I've tried to be that kind of a governor, too. I put through the largest environmental project in the state's history, our water pollution control project. I stopped the insane construction of unneeded highways, halting the destruction of our parks, green spaces, and cities. I gave citizens the right to sue polluters in business and in government. And I saw that the Environmental Policy Act became law. I believe that you can see the results. The air in Boston is cleaner than it was six years ago, and so are most of our rivers. The governor must appoint a thousand people a year to boards and commissions and things like that, and 90% of them are unpaid. We've tried to build a solid record here, and we can't afford to have incompetent party hacks in these jobs. So I sought out a professional personnel manager on loan from New England Life to help me recruit and screen the best talent around. When it comes to my judicial appointments, they've come from both parties and from no parties. The Massachusetts Bar Association is very impressed with them. And I'll bet most lawyers you ask are impressed, too. I'm proud of them.